Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. And Mary, how you doing? Doing great, Father John. And we have a special friend joining oh, us for our gotta, conversation today, don't we? We do indeed. We are saying goodbye. I hate saying that. We're saying see Farewell. you later, actually. Yeah, right. See you soon to... Uh, a brother who has become a very dear friend, Deacon Mark Moriarty, who was with us a couple months ago on podcast. And uh, as of the time that this gets aired, uh, he will be back in cloudy, rainy, green Ireland. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Good, Father John. Hi, Mary. How are you? Oh, gosh, Deacon Mark, we just love you so much. Thanks for joining us for at least a final conversation here because we know the Lord has so much more for X 29 with you. Yeah, it's been such a, a privilege and just an honor for me to be spend so much time with you here in the States. And um, yeah, the rain might be in Ireland, but we'll bring the sun back in the, the S-O-N. Amen. Amen. Be May it be so. Mary, what's our topic our with topic Deacon for, Mark as we say goodbye? Yeah, yeah, our topic for today, brothers, is never more united than at Mass. So Father John, pray us in. Love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you in a very special way today for uh, the remarkable gift of friendship. Friendship uh, with you, first of all, that we who are just dust and ashes have been called into existence and invited into friendship with you who are infinitely happy to share in your own abundant life that you so lavishly live between you and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We thank you, too, in a special way for the gift of those men and women that you bring into our lives, who help us to get a glimpse of you, who enrich our lives, who bring us joy, who walk with us and accompany us and pray with us, laugh with us, live with us, shepherd us. Father, we ask that you would give us in these summer days deeper friendship with you and your Son and the Spirit, and that you would continue to bring into our lives new friends sons and daughters of yours, to accompany us uh, in this journey that is life. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mary, I know you got a couple of announcements, uh, housekeeping details that we want to make people aware of. Why don't you go ahead and share those? Yeah, I do, Father John. So um, as y'all may aw be aware, um, Father John is coming to Atlanta, Georgia, September. Acts 29 is coming to Atlanta, Georgia. September 9th. Uh, to Atlanta, Georgia, to preach a rescue live, we call it a revival, right? And I know some of us don't, you know, we're concerned that if we use the term revival around rescue, it's going to be confused with the Eucharistic revival. But I think we would argue that every time that Jesus Christ is preached, his passion, death, and resurrection proclaimed, we're expecting revival in our hearts. So we're going to be in Atlanta September, 29, uh, September 9th. And then um, our team will also be in Toledo, Ohio, the Diocese of Toledo, where we will be running a, a equipping um, day for those in Toledo and the surrounding area who are thinking and praying about bringing rescue to your home, your parish, your area. 
So you can register for both of those beautiful events at x29.org. There's a ticker at the top. You can click on whenever that item comes up across the top of your screen, click on it, register. We would love to see y'all at both events, but in a particular way, we would just extend an invitation to you right now to think and pray about those men, those women, those family members, those friends in your life who are hungry for God and don't know it, that you would invite them to come to Atlanta, Georgia and um, allow them the experience of hearing Jesus Christ proclaimed and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do in our hearts. Love that. And if you are tuning in for the very first time when you have no idea what this rescue thing is all about, check out rescueproject.us and it will take you directly to a all sorts of content that we've created that's all entirely free. Everything that we do is free. And it's just uh, the way that the Lord's led us to preach the gospel, uh, the good news. And so we love to love to give that away as broadly as we can and as widely as we can because it's what changes lives. So we've come to um, a pause in the relationship with uh, now deacon, soon to be father, Mark Moriarty, who's on his way back to the Diocese of Cary, who's going to be ordained a uh, to the ministerial priesthood of Jesus Christ on August 13th. We're looking forward to heading over. Good Lord willing to celebrate with you on that great day, brother. I just want to, I want to hear what the Lord's put on your heart. I know he's kind of given you a word that you want to share. And since you're going to be preaching every day, we might as well get you in front of a microphone and let you preach right now. But I just want to take a minute to honor you um, in a very special way. It has been, gosh, such an amazing gift for, for me personally, for us as a team, just to have you with us. You know, we started interacting first by email, then by some Zoom calls close to two years ago, I think it was now, huh? Yeah. In the height of that thing called COVID. And uh, never, I mean, we talked about, wouldn't it be great to get you over here? And lo and behold, your bishop gave you permission to come over and you've been with us since Easter Monday. So we've endured Easter season and the beginning of ordinary time and a series of solemnities. And now you're on, on your way back to Ireland and... Yeah, you come over as a, a young man who uh, is filled with wisdom, and uh, the Lord's just blessed you with uh, abundant gifts, and I pray you go home having learned a few things from us. I know that we've learned uh, more than a few things from you. It's been a just a, a, a rich time. You know, um, Paul talks often about how when he's writing to various communities, how he thanks God for the, for the gift of fellowship that they share. And uh, that's kind of how I feel as you head back. Like, what a what a remarkable gift uh, the communion of saints is, which is not just the, the communion that we enjoy with those who are on the other side of the veil right now. It's the, those friends and brothers and sisters that God brings into our lives. And I, for one, am really grateful to the Father in heaven for uh, bringing you into my life. And it's a reminder, you know, we were talking earlier at, at Mass, uh, maybe about a week ago or so, when we were saying uh, thank you to the Father for you. Two months ago, I, I knew you on a screen, but I didn't know you. Yeah. And, uh, and now I know you. And it was just, I, I think I said to you something like, you're, a, you're like, a, like a sacrament for me in the sense of, you know, a, a sacrament is a, a visible sign of an invisible reality. And I heard somebody describe friendship once as something like the eighth sacrament. Because you've just been a, a visible sign to me of an invisible reality. And the invisible reality is God has like literally billions of children that I haven't met yet who one day I'm going to meet 
who are going to somehow enrich my life deeply. And that's kind of how I feel as you head back to Ireland. Now you've just enriched my life deeply and I'm, I'm going to miss the heck out of that. So love you much. Been grateful to have you here and I'm going to try not to cry. So Mary, what do you got to say? You know, I, I, I'm thinking about something, Father John, that you had shared, and I'm sure Albert wouldn't mind us sharing this. You know, when Albert joined our team, before Albert joined our team, he and Becky, his beautiful, beautiful wife, um, they'd had a conversation. They said, you know, we think we've got all the friends we need. Like, we're all set. For the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives. And then, and then Albert joined our team, thanks be to God. And what he discovered is just the more that God is, that like God has more for us. And so he would say like, we're all now these new friends. And I was thinking about you in a particular way, Deacon Mark. Um, it was one thing to see your picture in a bulletin that, um, that I found online um, in um, your parish in County Cary in Trey Lee. And it was quite another to meet you. And I can't help but be overwhelmed um, what a good and gracious father we have that he gives us all manner of gifts far beyond what we could possibly imagine. And I, I was writing out your um, goodbye card, at least for this first season, like episode one of Deacon Mark with Acts 29. And it was easy to write out because what we have is an eternal friendship and eternal prayers, and we are, we're all part of the body of Christ. And I know we'll break that open a little bit more today, but never in a million years, I think, that we were going to become as close as we are, these deep brothers and sisters in Christ who can share all manner of being human and how deeply um, my heart will grieve when I see you leave. And But that's just a testimony to the goodness mm. of God the Father who wants to lavish his gifts upon us. And so for those of us who think that we're all set in life and we're ready to settle in, I just think it's an invitation from the Father to open our hearts and just say, Father, do you have more for us? Mm. And he does. Mm. And you have been very much... Um, the more yeah. for us in X 29. And I love you like a brother. And I can't wait to come over for your ordination in August. You know, even as you're talking, I'm reminded of a, a good friend of mine. He, he had a really painful moment happen in his life and, and the Lord was consoling him in the midst of his grief. And in the middle of this encounter that he had in prayer, the Lord just said to him, you have no idea. You have no idea. And that's what's hitting me right now is like, we have no idea how much the Father loves us. We have no idea how crazy is he is about us. We have no idea what he's prepared for us. We have no idea the what, what's up ahead in our lives, right? Jesus says nobody who's abandoned, you know, all sorts of things on this earth won't be, you know, repaid a thousandfold. <laughs> and um, you're just a, a expression of that to me, I think, of the fact that, like you said, Mary, like God just loves to give gifts. Like that's who he is. Yeah. You know, we read the, the five love languages and whatnot. God's got all of them, <laughs> you know, and then, and then some. And one of his gifts to be sure is he loves, or one of his languages is he loves to give gifts. And that's how we've experienced you. And that's what friendship is. That's why I want to encourage people to ask the Lord in these days for deeper friendship with him and then deeper friendship with uh, other disciples. So... So I know the Lord's put a word on your heart. So 
Bring it on, Patrick. Give it to us. What do you got? Yes, I just, it's been a, a remarkable few months to be able to spend here in Acts 29 and really just to soak in the culture that everyone here in Acts fosters, um, real authentic humanity and real just love for one another and love for the Lord. And it is, I mean, just God is so good that he brings together um, brothers and sisters in the faith just to spend time together and just to live life together and to journey with one another mm. along the journey of life with the Lord to grow closer and closer to his heart. Um, so I just want to thank everyone here in Acts 29 for such a, a life-changing and beautiful time here. Um, but I've been praying over the last few weeks and the last few days about the Eucharist and about the Mass. And it just struck me that saying goodbyes are hard. Mm. And particularly for the Irish, we don't like saying goodbyes. It takes you a long time, actually, doesn't it? It does. It is. <laughs> As a, a friend of mine says, we, we kind of have a delayed goodbye. <laughs> um, and the goodbye could last hours and hours because we keep talking. Mm. But there's a sense of wanting to linger with those whom we've grown to love mm. and grown to admire and have handed over a part of our life to. But it just struck me that with goodbyes, it isn't never a full goodbye. And I say that because of the Eucharist, that every time we gather for the Eucharist, all of us, the entire member of the body of Christ, each one of God's sons and daughters, is united and is present together when we celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And that's just an extraordinary, an extraordinary thing to try and comprehend that I'm over back in Ireland, you're here in, in Detroit, in the US, but yet we're connected, we're joined together as one member of the body of Christ. And that's such a beautiful thing. And I was just reflecting on what is it that we do when we come to Mass? What do we receive? And we receive so many things. We're nourished, mm. we're encouraged, we're convicted, we're invited, we receive Jesus physically we're also sent out. But one thing, and I think we often forget about this aspect of it, at every Mass we're united as one. The Catholic Church throughout the whole world is united at one in every Mass. Mm. And with so much division and so much hostility within the Church, oftentimes I don't think we see ourselves as united we, are, we see ourselves as everything but united. But it's when we focus on Jesus in the Eucharist, when we come together at Mass, we're all united, warts and all, broken vessels as we are, all hurts and pains, all vulnerabilities and weaknesses. But we come to 
bow down and worship the Lamb of God. And the beauty about being united at the Mass is we're not facing each other. Mm. We're standing shoulder to shoulder, side by side, mm. facing Jesus, facing the true Lamb, facing the one who desires to give himself more to us than we desire to even get to him. And it's such a remarkable thing to think of. But Faustina, St. Faustina comes to mind for me when she invites us to really open our hearts and contemplate who is it we are approaching at the Mass? Who is it that we are really stepping forward to receive by saying Amen at every Mass? Mm. And in Faustina's diary, she's speaking about attending an ordinary Mass just during a weekday. And she goes up to receive Holy Communion and she looks into the ciborium of the hosts and she sees what is called the live host. She can see Jesus on one of these hosts. Mm. But Jesus is only on one host. And that's the host that the priest puts up and says the body of Christ and places it in Faustina's mouth. And she's deeply distressed and disturbed by this. And she goes back to her chair, she sits down and she closes her eyes and says, Lord, I'm confused. Are you not present in all the hosts? I thought you were present, Jesus, in every host. And she sat and she sat in silence and she heard Jesus say to her very clearly, my daughter, of course I am. But so many people approach me and treat me like a dead object. Mm. So that is what I remain. Mm. But you come forward and you treat me as the Lord and King of your life. And that's who I am. And that's what you receive. Mm. And it really struck me that we're invited at every Mass to receive the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus of Nazareth, living and alive, who wants to transform us. And it's only from that transformation that he can send us out to mobilize for mission, to get his world back, to really become saints, to become agents of sabotage and transformation in this world that so much needs him. But it's only from that place of encountering and receiving the living God mm. that we can do that. But when we do that, when I do that back in Ireland, and when you do this here, we're united as one body. And that makes the body of Christ stronger. And that makes the body of Christ united. And that makes the body of Christ as a whole yearn more for Jesus. Mm. And I've just really been pondering on that the last few days that, okay, this might be a goodbye physically here now mm. for a time, but we're still connected. Yeah, amen. And we're still united. Amen. You know, even as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple things quickly. One, one is, it's like the very first funeral I think I ever participated in as a priest. And the pastor of the parish where I was assigned, he was burying uh, one of his best friends. And he preached almost exclusively to his best friend's wife. And he looked at her at a certain point and he says, uh, don't forget, you will never be closer to... I think his name was Jim. You will never be closer to Jim than when you come to Mass. 
because there's only one mass and the whole church is there. And so when we come to mass, it's almost like we step into heaven. So even if you're in a, you know, like a dull, boring, horrible music, flat preaching, annoying, you know, members in the pews, you're, you're really in heaven, right? And the whole church is there, all the saints in heaven, all the souls in purgatory and, and the whole body of Christ on earth. And we're all there and we're all focused on Jesus. And he says, and when the Eucharist is held up, it becomes something like a two-way mirror. And we see on this side of the veil what looks like bread but isn't bread. But Jim, you know, your husband, in this case, you know, you and me, us, we see the, they see the Lord and somehow our eyes meet in him. And I mean, that's such a, a, a stunning reality to me, you know, and it's not just, I guess it hits me right now because it's not just um, a stunning reality for those of us who've lost loved ones who are on the other side. Um, it's also for those of us who, who miss people who we can't see right now who are all, still all together on this side of the veil, right? We're still living life and um, w the reality is we, we really are uh, all together and united. The Eucharist makes us one. I love that. My mom used to end every one of the letters that she wrote with, um, until we meet again in prayer in the heart of Jesus. Mm, beautiful. And like, that's what... That's the other thing that comes to mind as I'm, as I'm hearing you, like every time we head into prayer, like we're there before the father. I mean, the beauty of being, you know, a priest by baptism is we all have access to the father. And so if, if I'm talking to the father and, and you're in the throne room praying too, it's like, I can look over and go, Hey, Mark's here. You know, there's Mary, you know, there's Bob, there's Louise, there's whoever. And we're all there in the throne room, uh, praying, to the father, adoring him, thanking him, pouring out our petitions, but also kind of looking over and going, Hey, how you doing? I'm bringing you too. Mm -hmm. So we're always we're always all together, right? Uh, as I just listened to the conversation that we're having, I'm thinking about um, the cry of Jesus on the cross. It was his desire that we would all be one. I mean, he wanted us all to be united. And the reality is, the sad reality is that we're not. That's the first thought I have. And the second thought I have is, how rotely I can come to the Eucharist and not really appreciate what's happening there, that that's possible. How rotely I can come to Mass because we can go to Mass seven days a week. And so it's just a, I just feel like I, I feel convicted by the Spirit even as I'm hearing us talk and as you're getting ready to go home, the need for me to reflect on my own interiority mm. when I come to Mass because I will miss you deeply. Um, uh, how I approach Mass, and then how I receive Jesus. And, you know, Father John, you often say that, you know, the culture is in a really bad spot right now. And with as important as politics are and law is right now, nothing can fix our culture or our world or our church or our nation. Only God can fix the human heart. And because we are Catholic and because we have this beautiful gift of the Eucharist, it is the Eucharist mm. that can actually fix my heart. Mm -hmm. And in this year where we celebrate, you know, this, this, you know, this multi-year look, you know, at, at a Eucharistic revival, wouldn't it be something if my heart was totally um, reordered about how I go to Mass mm. and how I receive Jesus 
perhaps that's how our, our world and our church gets fixed because only God can do that. And the way he can do that, the most powerful way he can do that is through the Eucharist. Yeah. And is my heart like rightly disposed? Yeah. Yeah. And the beauty, I think, you know, to hearing both of you just thinking, you know, so Mark, you talk about the, the experience that Faustina has with Jesus and approaching the Eucharist either with faith or without faith and then as Mary, as you're sharing, what, what strikes me is most of the Eucharistic miracles, if not all of the Eucharistic miracles, when they examine the, the host, you know, um, it's heart tissue. And, and it's not even so much like we're asking the Lord, Lord, give me a greater share of your heart. What's happening is I'm getting folded into his heart. You know, I'm, I'm, it's almost like I see his heart and I'm getting like, placed into it. That's all I got to do is just ask the Lord, Lord, just tuck me into your heart so that I can get absorbed, not in the sense of losing my identity, but just almost like enveloped by, by your heart so I can become more united to you, love more like you, become more the man that you made me or more the woman that you made me to be. Well, we're going to do some podcasts in Ireland when we're over there in August to celebrate your ordination when it will be Father Mark Moriarty. But um, again, it's just been an unbelievable grace. I want to ask everybody in a very special way to please pray for the church in Ireland. Many of us, at least in this country, in the United States, we remember the time when Ireland sent countless missionaries to us. We owe a tremendous debt to the church in Ireland. And right now, uh, the church in Ireland needs missionaries. Um, send them over. Send them over. <laughs> Light a match. <laughs> we got they got twelve guys studying for the entire country of Ireland right now in the priesthood. Uh, soon to be Father Mark will be the first priest ordained for his diocese in five years. That's just unfathomable to me. The the weight that the people of God have experienced there, and obviously the the clergy is aging everywhere. So let's continue to ask the Lord to send out laborers for his harvest because the harvest is abundant to be sure. But I want to give you one last thought. Uh, just to, It's this lingering truth, I guess, that's been in my mind as, uh, as I'm thinking of saying goodbye to you for right now anyway and as we're, we're talking about all this right now. I forget who it is I heard say it the first time, but it's, I've never forgotten it. Most of us, I, I know I very much because of my, my temperament, my personality, I can... I can get lost in nostalgia. You know, I, I, when I was a child, I would, you know, like I would come home from vacations and I would just like weep, you know, because I, I loved the time that I had, you know, it, was, it wasn't so much at the location, it was the people I was with, my family all being together, whatever it was. And I would just long for that to be still happening, you know, so nostalgia is this painful yearning for the past. And I think a lot of us live very nostalgic lives. We, we look backwards not just with, wow, that was a great time, but we really ache for what was, especially those of us who've lost loved ones. But here's the beauty of the Christian life. Um, the best is not in the past. Amen. The best is up ahead. We have no idea what God's waiting or has waiting for us. And then, you know, Augustine, in one of his sermons, he's, he says, you know, in heaven, no one ever says goodbye. You never lose a friend. And, and I'm just thinking of that right now as, uh, as we prepare to, to kick you out of our office and send you on a plane and send you back to Ireland where you belong. Mm -hmm. Like the best is up ahead for all of us as the Amen. people of God. We have no idea what the Father has prepared for us. So let's keep our eyes up on Jesus, on the Father, on the Spirit, 
Thank him for those gifts that he's given to us in the present. Expect more gifts, even though there'll be crosses, which will be part of the gifts in the time to come as well. And then thank him even now in advance, as Blessed Solanus Casey here in Detroit used to famously say all the time for what he has waiting for us in the kingdom of God. So amen, amen. good Lord willing, brother, we will see you soon in August. Yes, look we love you much. And uh, we thank you for coming across to us. Just like the youth said to Patrick when he was escaped from Ireland after he'd been a slave and he was living over in England and they begged him to come back across the water and to preach the gospel. So the people of God are are begging you to come back home to preach the gospel. So we're going to pray for a mighty anointing upon your words that the Lord will use you to, to, to set a fire in that island and to draw many people back to Jesus. We love you much. It's been great to have you with us. We'll, we'll see you soon. In the meantime, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how tempted you might be to look backwards and to long for it, mindful that God is an amazing God and a most magnanimous father. Do not be afraid. He's with you, and you were born for this.